You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Uh Uh-huh. Like, I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock, look at the view from the top, researching rookies a lot, no, I just be listening to pods, yeah, one in particular, I'm just a messenger, let me just pass on the rock, browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing, what he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things, and there's Dennis the Bennett, yeah. The man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, culture didn't pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare them at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round what is going on everybody and welcome to another episode of the fantasy football roundtable podcast we are proud to be a part of the pigskin podcast network you can find them at pigskin Podnet on twitter or you can search the hashtag tppn it is april 18th we are two weeks away from sitting here and breaking down the entire 2022 NFL draft really honestly cannot wait for it to be here and over with gentlemen I've got Dennis and Matt here with me how are you guys doing on this magnificent Monday you know it's shitty weather we got a little bit of snow this morning it's gonna be 80 next Saturday snow today you know living the dream I didn't have to go in today so uh that was that was pretty nice um just been watching some TV. It's, I guess, springtime in the Rockies this year just means every afternoon we get gale force winds. But uh, they repaired the fence next to me, which is good. I don't have to worry about it blowing in and totaling my car in the middle of the night. So that feels like a step in the right direction. I don't even feel like I can complain. It was like a beautiful 60 degrees here today. It's just beautiful weather. I mean, it's about to be like 110 plus every day, but at least right now, it's it's amazing. I'm definitely looking forward to enjoying a little bit more of relaxation before we get into the NFL draft, which again is is coming up here fairly quickly. For today's show, we are going to be doing a single QB rookie mock. We have already started it. I believe that's all we're talking about. Any news you guys want to talk about? Denzel Ward just got paid. I tried to find my Denzel Ward jersey. I couldn't find it. So I replaced it with my guy, Justin Fields, here. I felt like it was finally time to retire Baker since he's likely on the way out, probably Carolina. But uh, the Warden got paid $100 million over five years. So good for him. I'm uh, yeah, I'm excited. something guaranteed, wasn't it? Like yeah. 73, he, 71. He got paid. In my opinion, he's one of the best cornerbacks in the league. I was I was glad to see. I know there's a lot of Browns fans that don't necessarily like him, but I was happy to see that he is sticking around in Cleveland, hometown kid. So I'm excited about that. All right. I guess, can one of you guys share that? I can never figure out what my login is to get on to sleep or on the desktop. I only have it on my phone. So can one of you guys share yeah. the draft board and we will jump in and talk again. It's a four-round rookie Single QB. I was picking first out of the three of us at one three. 
Dennis came second at 1-7, and Matt took uh, the back of the board with the 112 spot. So I'm going to pull this up, and I will get that on the screen there. So we are still obviously right here. Dennis is on the clock for another, looks like, 50-ish seconds here. So we will kick it off with the first couple picks. Again, this was a single QB mock draft, and I feel like this is going to be the the guy that is going to be the most picked at 1-1. I don't think there's going to be a consensus this year with the way a lot of people view these running backs and wide receivers. But if I had to bet out of 100 drafts, I would say Brees Hall's probably going to be the one that is taken at the 1-1 for most. For me, I have uh, – he is my RB1 not by a by a lot. When I did my shout out to to Jared Wackerly, Garrett Price, Dynasty Nerds, and and Ray Garvin, they're the ones I've seen doing this the most with their film grades. I felt like it is the best way to do this stuff the way they put it. So I've did done my own. He came out the highest for me at my running backs. He is my number one. Matt, uh, with this being again a single QB draft, is that where you would go with the one one pick as Brees Hall? Yeah, I probably would take him one one in both formats. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I, I kind of lean him as the 1-1 one, one as well. My only caveat is if I'm looking at – if I'm looking at 23 as being the year I really load up, I may go with Garrett Wilson or Drake London over Brees Hall because the wide receivers have a much longer shelf life. I think Brees Hall is going to be good. I think he's the clear number one in number one RB in this class. He's in a tier of his own. It may not be as far apart from Walker for some as it is for others, but I do think he is the better running back coming into the league. Profiles a little bit better. So, but I I, I can see the argument being made to take Wilson or London, especially in one quarterback leagues. If you're rebuilding, you want to get the receivers, get that value. Um, but I do like Brees Hall a ton, and I do I agree with you, Matt. I think he's going to be uh, the most selected 1.01 pick. I had to change my window. I realized I had my player queue up there. Hopefully none of the mock drafts. Oh, gotcha. I was like, oh, good job by me. All right, so at the second pick, um, the gem – 29 took drake london i don't think there's a bad i don't think that's a bad pick uh, so garrett wilson came out graded as my highest wide receiver just a little over drake london um there are three guys for me in my tier one at wide receiver they were the next three wide receivers to go that is drake london garrett wilson and trail on burks now typically if i'm being a hundred percent honest here at one three i probably I'd say 60% of the time would have gone Kenneth Walker because he is my second graded running back over just a smidge over Isaiah Spiller. But I do like Garrett Wilson's upside a little bit more and his long, long-term viability. Like Dennis was just mentioning, usually we see these wide receivers last a little bit longer in the NFL. So that's what pushed me to take Garrett Wilson there just because I do believe in his upside to be an elite fantasy wide receiver maybe he's never a wide receiver one but i do think he would be he's a very consistent high-end wide receiver two a la like what a robert woods has been able to do for practically his entire career at least since he left buffalo and and, you know we've continually not really given him enough credit he's always produced and i feel like that's what garrett wilson can do no matter where he goes i believe in his talent that much so that is why i ended up taking him over the running back that was at 1-3. At 1-4, as I just mentioned, Traylon Burks went to PJ. Then Jamison Williams goes here at 1-5 to Tyler FF. That one, I like Jamison Williams a lot. I probably would have definitely taken a running back here because in my opinion, the running backs kind of fall off. Dennis, where is that kind of break for you? Where where would you stop going wide receiver and take a Kenneth Walker or an Isaiah Spiller? Well, I... I currently have London, Wilson, Burks, and Williams all in the same tier. And I have Walker in the tier as well. So for me, it depends on how do I view myself? How close do I view my team as uh, being uh, competitive? 
if I think the end of this year, early next year, if I think I can be competitive relatively quickly, then I'm more inclined to go with, with Kenneth Walker. I think Walker is going to be good. I think he's going to be a sufficient pass catcher. It is a little, a little nervous that he's uh, only 5'9 and 2'11", that while that's a good BMI number, 5'9 is still a fairly small running back. Um, I prefer him up around 5'11 or 6 foot. I don't, don't really care. I, I'd like him to stay below 6 foot or n- not above 6 foot, but uh, I'm kind of the 5'11, 6 foot, 220 is that's, that's my sweet spot for running back size. Uh, but Walker has speed. And, and so I, you can make the case for Walker anywhere from 102 on, honestly. Um, even in, I think in a super flex, you could argue that while Willis has a high ceiling, he's got a super low floor, um, and Walker doesn't doesn't seem to have that that floor. He seems like he's got a pretty high floor as well. Um, but I think Hall and Walker kind of, to me, they're a little bit more of a um, David Montgomery, Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders kind of class is what we're looking at as opposed to, say, the, you know, the Saquon Barkley, Zeke Elliott sort of uh, running back classes. Yeah, I think I would have taken London and Wilson as the next two. Um, I don't have a problem doing the Burks-Williams-Walker, but I think that's a stretch for me that may change more post-draft where you see a little bit of who takes them and what opportunities we think they're going to have early on. Um you know, I've seen a lot of places mocking Walker to someplace like Buffalo. And I think we saw the impact that a consistent running game had for the Bills and for the player who was getting the ball consistently down the stretch. And with what Walker can do, that could be a very appealing right out of the gate for a contending team, which might push me to take him even a little higher. Yeah, that's that, that's kind of where I fall with with Walker over Williams. I mean, I, I like Jameson Williams a lot. He is in my tier two. And and I guess technically Walker is as well, which is again, why I probably would lean him over Williams there just because the running back draft here, in my opinion, gets very bad after those top three. Uh, I mean, you're really hoping on draft capital with a lot of guys that we said, I took one in the second round, the second and third round right here. Like, you're, you're almost going to be banking solely on draft capital with some of these guys and then possible injuries for any of them to produce. Where I really think Hall, Walker, and Spiller are the three that we all, and most people in the industry and the NFL see as guys who are actually going to be or have a, the ability to be day one starters in the NFL. Nash Talks Texas says that in most of my leagues, I feel like people are taking or talking up Walker over Hall. I know a lot of people who are doing that. I don't have an issue with it. I have Hall over Walker because I just think he's the overall better running back. And the fact that he's done it for three straight years is a big thing for me. Again, I understand Big 12 isn't known necessarily for its great defenses. And I've been a big Walker fan for the past couple of years. And, and obviously him not getting the ball at Wake Forest, I think, is a reason why he he's not was not able to produce those first two years. But doing it one season and not really seeing the receiving upside, not saying that he can't do it, but we have not seen it, where Brees Hall, we know that he is a good receiving back. Just everything he does for me, Hall comes in above him, but I don't have an issue. I honestly don't even have an issue if you want to take Spiller over Hall. I mean, I I think Spiller's getting hate on a lot because of his testing numbers, but if you go watch what he did on the field, it tells you a completely different story. And for me, that that kind of matters more. He's never been the the home run hitter. So I, I don't have an issue with that. All right, so that puts me up on the clock here. I've got a minute, so we'll run through a couple of other picks. We'll get to, to Dennis here. So after the 1-5, which was Jameson Williams, then Kenneth Walker came off the board at 1-6. Again, I think that was a really good pick. If you can get him at 1-6 in your rookie drafts at a single QB, I'd be pretty damn happy. Then that brings up Dennis at 1-7, and he went Chris Olave. What led you to taking Olave here at a 1-7, Dennis? Well, at this point, the tier for me really is Olave, Spiller, and Pickens, um, and probably Jahan Dotson, I think I would include in there. And, you know, 
the big concern with Chris Olave is that basically he catches the ball and he goes down. He's not going to break any tackles. The other side of that coin, though, is he's open for a substantial amount of yards before he catches the ball. So he's putting up a pretty good, uh, putting up some pretty good yardage. You know, I, I'm in Columbus. I'm an Ohio State fan. I've watched all of Chris Olave's games. I've watched all of Garrett Wilson's games. Um, I think Wilson is definitely the more alpha type of them. But Olave brings a lot of uh, he brings a lot of wiggle to the game. He can run all the routes. Uh, Matt Harmon had him rated, I think, as one of the highest reception perception grades this season. Is the I think he called him the best route runner in the class. And I can't dispute that. I do think that's accurate. Um, but he isn't tough with the ball in his hands. If he's if he gets by you, he's hard to catch. But I don't know that he, he's not going to run through you to get free. Um, and then my, my concerns with, like, Pickens, I really want to be in on Pickens. But at 107, I just feel the uh, – coming off the injury and not really getting back to form. Um, you know, I've seen some videos out there. He bends, he's got, he bends really well. So despite being six, three, you know, he can get in and out of breaks pretty good. Um, my concern is just, will he stay health, healthy? If he does, I think Pickens, Pickens can, has the talent to, to compete, to be the best wide receiver in this class. Um, Dotson, you know, he's a little bit, he's a little bit smaller and I am admittedly team big wide receiver. So at one, one, nine, one, 10, one, 11, if I'm picking back there, I'm okay. Taking Dotson. I'm probably not taking Dotson at one Oh seven. It was really a coin flip for me when it came down to it between Spiller and Olave. And, you know, I, I think I'm buying it in a little bit to the the spiller down talk but i think picking at 107 in this scenario i think you're going to find me taking olave five times and spiller five times so uh do with that what you will i think they're both reasonable choices at 107. yeah i think olave is going to end up going somewhere up in the in the first round, probably around the fifth receiver off where he's going to get an opportunity to compete right away. And that's going to, that's going to be good. I, I like Pickens too. I may have actually taken him over Spiller. It's hard to say. It just feels like there aren't as many clear cut running back openings. And I think some of these guys are going to slide to the third and fourth round, which as we saw last year, wasn't horrible. I mean, Michael Carter went up the top of the fourth round and he ended up being a, a good producer on the backside for the Jets and will be a great asset probably to have going into this year. But it's it's harder to judge where these running backs are going to go for me, I think, kind of after the top two, um, because it feels like a lot of people are down on Spiller or the NFL teams down on him. Is he going to go somewhere and get a good opportunity? Um, that's probably where it's going to shift a little uh, you know, what you're thinking is going into the rookie drafts post-draft. Yeah, Olave is going to be an intriguing one to me because I feel like he there's a realistic shot he goes day uh, day one, round one. Like, I, I think he's going to be a first-round pick. And if he is and he lands on a good offense, like I've seen a lot of people mocking him to New Orleans, to Green Bay. Like, I feel like this is going to be the spot where he goes. I think I'd still take Spiller over him just based on the conversation we just had about, or at least for my opinion, how I tend to draft with the way running backs, especially in this class. But I, I don't hate the pick there. If I have to go based solely on like my film grades, I do have Pickens over him. I, I graded Pickens out at a 75.3 and Olave at a 72.3. So it wasn't even like for me, Jamison Williams came in at a 75.4.1 spots higher than Pickens. Like I that's a toss up for me. I'd have been fine going either way. I do think Pickens has a lot of upside, but as you've mentioned, Dennis, like Olave's proven it like three years straight on the field in the big 10 against good defenses. Like Pickens has shown us flashes, but whether it was due to injuries or bad quarterback play, just inconsistencies altogether, he hasn't quite put it all together. So I don't have an issue with the pick. I really think this is going to be the spot. We see Olave going a lot in these drafts. Joe mentioned 
that, and this is probably a better way to word it, Joe. He put, I like Walker um, as a pure running back, but Hall's size should get him more touches and more production. And you are probably right there. And again, I think Hall at least has shown that he's a better receiving back. We don't know that Kenneth Walker can't do that. All right, that put uh, so after Dennis went one seven, Chris Olave, Isaiah Spiller goes at one eight, George Pickens then at one nine, Jahan Dotson at one ten, Rashad White at one eleven, which I thought was a very interesting pick, and then Sky Moore at one twelve. Sky Moore is a wide receiver that I really like. He came in ranked in my top twelve um, wide receivers in my film grades. I think Jared when he posted his, he had Sky Moore at like five, and so. Jared, uh, again, with Dynasty Nerds, they do their film scores. Dennis, have those been released yet? I, I believe they have. I'm, let me pull them up here okay. real quick. So if they have, I know he released his rankings. I don't know if they've released their film grades, but I mean, him and Garrett, I mean, the the proof is in the pudding, as they say. There was a, I can't remember who put out the stuff. David they Zach. David Zach put out a, a study that showed just how good that those two have been over the past couple of years with this. Um, those two guys, him and Garrett, um, and then obviously Ray Garvin at Ray GQ are another guy that I really trust when it comes to film stuff. All those guys really like Sky Moore. So getting him here at 12, I think is a steal. But let's talk about Rashad White really quick because he was I mean, kind of a – go ahead. You'd, you'd almost think that three guys who played college football might have learned how to watch a little bit of film, huh? You would think so, but you never know. But, yes, I agree. All three of those guys, uh, Ray, a cornerback, Garrett, a running back, and Jared, a quarterback. So you get all specters here of the offense and defense. Let's go Rashad White really quick before we t- touch on Sky Moore. He was kind of a, a early offseason darling, right? Because we, we know he's a very good receiver, and he's a pretty good runner as well. But he really seems to have kind of faded after the combine. Seems like a lot of NFL people are not mocking him anywhere near the first couple rounds. To see him taken be taken here in the first round, Matt, like what kind of draft capital does he have to get for you to, to take him here at 111 in the back end of the first round? Well, I think realistically, so I just did a, my final two-round NFL mock, um, which is going to go up on our site either probably today or tomorrow. I only had two running backs in the first two rounds, so I think realistically we've seen running backs in the actual NFL draft slide further back where be going in the third and fourth round is places where you should start considering him. I just mentioned a little while ago where Michael Carter went last year in the fourth round, you know, Elijah Mitchell went in the sixth round and ended up being, being a baller. So, you know, if white goes somewhere in the mid to upper third round, that's probably a good place. Even in the top of the fourth round, I would think it's more about how many running backs have come off the board too. And where are running backs going? If a ton of running backs go in the second and third round and he's like running back 14 in the fourth round, then maybe I think about it differently. But if he goes even late third or early fourth and he's the fourth or fifth running back off the board, I think you have to consider that that just seems to be an adjustment we're going to have to make when it comes to running backs. Yeah. The, the thing with white, I think is that, you know, he really only had, I think, one year of major college production. He was a JUCO transfer. Now, he catches the ball really, really well. He's got really good size, I think 6'1", 218, somewhere in that range. Uh, but he's an upright runner, and historically, we've seen upright runners. Um, what they probably do best is make themselves a target, and so they get beat up a lot. So if he can learn to get, you know, get lower when he's running, uh, he has the potential, but with his pass catching and pass protection ability, uh, there is a path to uh, playing time for Rashad White. I don't hate him being uh, picked there. He's going to go somewhere where he's in a committee. I think Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker are probably the only two backs that I would see maybe either leading, being the 1A, or in, in Hall's case, maybe not being in a committee, uh, but I don't see a lot of, I don't see any 300 carry backs in this class. Uh, Brian Robinson is a guy who has the size. Zamir White has the size, but they just lack, Robinson lacks a little bit of athletic abilities. Zamir White uh, can't catch the ball to save his life. Um, and so there's going to be some opportunity issues by and large for this class. They're all great 
you know, to, to dip into one of uh, Fox's other loves. They're all great supporting actors, I think, is kind of where they fall. But none of them, you know, there's no uh, uh, Ryan Gosling in this group. There's no Hugh Jackman in this group. Um, but I don't hate Rashad White. This is kind of where I'd start considering him. I don't know. Is, I, hold on a second. Is Ryan Gosling a top tier actor for you? Because that I, I don't might have to circle I back to that. I I, 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 mean, I should have went like Tom Cruise. On on looks alone, yes, he is definitely a top tier actor, at least in my opinion. Um Maybe I, I think my wife has made me watch uh that him in that Reese Witherspoon movie too too many times. With the notebook. What do you want? Yes, uh I think I think <laughs> Brees Hall can uh I think Brees Hall can um, can definitely be that. I really do. I think Brees Hall has just been a little bit of gotten hit with some prospect fatigue. My issue with Rashad White is, and, and Joe mentions it here in the chat, um, that he lacks a little bit of power and he doesn't know that he can run in between the tackles. And I, I do somewhat agree with that. Rashad White is not one of the guys I think is an injury away from being a possible bell cow. And when I say bell cow, I mean, he's still going to be any of these guys after I think the top three are going to be in committees. But as Amir White, a Brian Robinson, a, a Damian Pierce, Jerome Ford, Abram Smith, Tyler Algier, Kevin Harris, those are guys that I think on the right team, if there's an injury, which we know the running back, there is a lot of attrition at that position with how often those guys get injured in the NFL. Any of those guys I think could easily be in a 60-40, even a you know 55-45 split and give you fantasy points. Rashad White, I'm not sure, is one of those guys, so I don't know that I would take him this early. I feel like he's a guy, and again, this is the, we're doing this ahead of the draft, so you're betting a lot on draft capital here as well, taking a guy this early. PJ mentions it in the in, in the comments as well. Jamar Jefferson is a guy that a lot of us, myself included, I had him as my RB4 last year, was very high on before the NFL draft, and then he went in the seventh round. And I do think that there's a better shot that Rashad White goes in the sixth or seventh round than the second or third round. Like, I think that's the big separator here for Rashad White. All right, Matt. So let's get to Sky Moore here. You take him. He's being projected in a lot of mocks that I've seen lately going as early as the second round. Even if he just goes day two altogether, that is a great hit for Sky Moore. Your thoughts as you took him here at the 112. Yeah, I like Sky Moore. Um, he had a killer combine too. And I think his momentum has been building. So um, in the mock that I did, I actually had him going in the first round. So I I loved that ability to take him there. The The other one that I debated about taking is actually who Dennis ended up getting in the second round, um, James Cook, uh, who I probably would have taken as my fourth RB at this point in time. Yeah, I'm a big James Cook fan. Um, you know, if he was an inch or two bigger and eight or nine pounds heavier, he'd be like he'd be a like a Dalvin Cook clone, man. I mean, he is his brother, so yeah. that, that makes a little bit of sense there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not as I'm not I'm not quite as big on James Cook. We'll get to him in a minute. Yeah, I like this guy more pick. I think he's a really good separator. Like I said, he came in at my top ten. Um, wide receiver rankings as well uh, with my film grade. So I'm, I'm a really big fan of Scott Moore. I'm very excited to see where he goes out of Western Michigan. Um, Western Michigan up. produces some uh, wide receivers. That they do. They, they have done a very good job of that lately. So this is a linear draft. So that puts us back up at the 1-1. Trey McBride goes here. I don't love it. Um, while I do think McBride is going to be by far the best tight end in this draft there's guys like greg dolchitz charlie kohler i still think jeremy ruckert has a shot to be a very good nfl tight end didn't even get drafted in this greg dolchitz and charlie kohler went late third and fourth round in this i i'd much rather just pass on trey mcbride and take a guy i think can hit later in the draft but i don't hate it especially if he ends up in the second round to the packers like a lot of people have been mocking him to that that's going to help him out a lot we see the first quarterback go off the board here at one two malik willis uh let's i we'll touch on that before we get to my pick so thoughts on malik willis here again it is a one qb draft goes here with the second pick in the second round i mean he's not my qb1 I don't know that I would be taking any QBs in a single QB mock draft, especially this year. Like I like a lot of these guys. I don't know that any of them are elite 
Matt, what are your thoughts on Malik Willis here going early in the second round? Yeah, I was a little bit surprised at how early um, started going QB. I guess it depends on your situation. And it's really probably going to depend on where he gets drafted if you think he's even going to play right away. I think that's the real struggle with these uh, quarterbacks is you may not get much of a return on investment in year one, which makes it uh, a little bit tough if you're burning it this early. I mean, I think the argument can be made to take Willis if you're if you are set at quarterback for the next couple of years. By set, I'm using air quotes because you know we're never truly set. Um, but if you if you've got the time, it, it's kind of McBride, McBride and Willis are kind of the same exact player at different positions. You're going to draft him. You're going to put him on your taxi squad. And probably in 2024 is when you're going to insert them into your lineup. Uh, You know, Willis has a lot of tools, but there's not been a a lot of quarterbacks outside of Josh Allen come into the league with poor accuracy and become accurate. So I, I, I don't, I probably, I'm, I'm a Sam Howell guy and I can get Howell cheaper and I'm a Desmond Ritter guy. I can get Ritter cheaper. So I'm not taking a, a quarterback in a one QB draft. I'm probably not even looking at quarterback until the third round. Yeah, so I put me up at 103, and I'll just admit right now that like I really don't love what happened here. Um, I my goal was to get a player that ended up getting taken later in the second round. Another wide receiver that I'm very high on, I did not think somebody else would take, so I'm a little upset about that. I wanted to get a running back here who, again, I really think has a chance to be decent for fantasy. He's going to have to have things break right for him, but I think a lot of this class will. But I do like Zamir White. He came and graded higher than I thought. You know, Garrett Price has been preaching how good he thinks Zamir White actually is. So is Felix Sharp. Felix has been doing it for the past two years. They've been talking about talking about it. I waited as long as I could to watch Zamir White because I'm going to be 100% honest. I had a very strong bias against him. I just did not think he was a good player. Then after sitting down and watching a bunch of games from last year and a bunch of games from this year, he came graded in as my number five running back. So, when I was looking at the board and seeing all those other guys go, the guy ahead of him actually went much later in this draft, but I just don't think he gets a draft capital. That's Kyron Williams, who, again, I just, on film, he is a really good running back. His testing numbers have done him no favors, though. So I, I ended up going to Samir White here because I know he, as Dennis, you mentioned earlier, you're right, he can't catch the ball worth shit. You could walk over and place it in his hands, and he would still drop it. But he's very good in between the tackles, really good burst. I think he is one of the better running, just pure running backs in this class. He's a guy that if he gets drafted to a Tennessee behind Derrick Henry and Henry gets hurt again, Zamir White's going to get the workload. He's going to put up fantasy points for you. I'm willing to take a shot on a guy like that here. Now, again, I'm projecting a lot of draft capital here for him, but you kind of have to at this point because we don't know where the NFL draft is going. Dennis, what were your thoughts here on my pick of Zamir White? So... I'm torn because I want to like it. I've seen some flashes. I have concerns that he's going to develop a fumbling issue because he has, I mean, his hands are smaller than mine. Um, and my hands are not large. And while he, he flashed a little bit of explosiveness, who does yards created? Is it uh, Graham Barfield or is it uh, Scott Barrett? One I of them. No. And now I feel like I'm going to say the wrong one. So you're definitely right. Over at fantasy points. So I think it might be Scott Barrett. Um, They're both at fantasy points. Oh, are they? I think Graham is too. Yeah. In, in the yards created metric, give me a guess and how many yards created Zamir Whitehead. I'll tell you zero. So he, he's a get what's blocked back, and it could be a function of, you know, coming off of a couple of years of torn ACLs and having to, you know, he tore, I think he tore one coming out of high school, and then he tore one uh, a couple seasons ago. So maybe it's just the explosiveness and tackle-breaking ability hasn't come fully back, and maybe that will come back a little bit. But as of right now, he kind of is – profiling a little bit 
as a plotter. And so that makes me a little nervous at the top of the second. You know, I went Zemir or not Zemir. I went James Cook a little bit later because Cook has the explosiveness. And I, I guess I'm looking for upside here starting in this draft, starting in the second round. Uh, and, and I don't know if Zamir White is going to bring that. I, you know, he kind of reminds me of where Marlon Mack is now. Yeah. So on on Zamir for me, and it's definitely this was the year. If you looked at him last year, and, and I had a big argument with Felix over this over the offseason because he started to see signs of him in that game against Cincinnati last year. Uh, in the it wasn't a playoff game; it was the bowl game. I think the Peach Bowl or uh, whatever they played. I think on New Year's Day, Cincinnati had the lead. They came back, and and Felix talked about you could start to see him coming back a little because he did. He dealt with the injury the year before. I'm not as worried about the fumbles because he's only had three in his entire college career. And I'm pretty sure he barely had any in high school as well. So that part of it, I'm not worried about the missed force tackles and creating yards. Like I do agree with you there. It's not great, but this past season, he really kind of seemed to revert back to the guy of old. I mean, he had 37, which was some of the best in this class. So I think he's starting to get back to it. It's definitely a lot of projection. As I mentioned, there, there's a lot of hope there in that but i think because of what he can do as a runner i'm willing to take a shot on him matt you have any thoughts on white before we move on yeah i mean i think there's a group of running backs there um after spiller that at this point in time it's kind of your gut feel and how you feel like what their opportunity is going to be that's probably the group that's going to shake out the most once we see where they where they land and what the path to opportunity. Like if you're right, if a Zamir White goes in like the third round to the Tennessee Titans where he's going to be right behind Derrick Henry, that might be a very appealing um, spot. You know, if he goes to be the 27th running back for the Atlanta Falcons, maybe not so much. Yeah, yeah, I would think if I had to guess draft capital for Zamir White, I would say it's probably fourth round. I I don't know that he goes day two. I think he's probably a backup guy. But then again, like with the attrition at running back at this point, I'm looking for guys I think can can take over and do something. You're basing it solely almost on injury. Uh, Next couple picks were were very interesting for me. Christian Watson, who's getting all the love after the Combine and Senior Bowl, he's gotten a lot of rise. A lot of people expecting him to be a top 50 pick. Justin Ross was an interesting pick here for me. I mean, he was an absolute stud. If you would have been talking about him going in the second round two years ago, people would tell you you were absolutely nuts. I don't know. I don't know that he gets the draft capital, but I'm very intrigued to see what happens with him. David Bell then goes with the next pick, and then that brings us to Dennis. As you already mentioned, he took James Cook. Uh, what was it about Cook that made you take him here, Dennis? I feel like he, he's going to be able to step into a uh, third down role pretty quickly. I, I think he can provide a, a good pass-catching foundation, and he can carry the ball seven or eight times a game. Uh, you know, he's not somebody you're going to look at to, you know, go a dozen, 15 carries a game. Uh, he just doesn't have that size. Now, if he gets to the NFL and he bulks up to 205, 208, and he starts shaping up like, uh, you know, uh, DeAndre Swift there, that then maybe he'll get a few more carries. But I just don't think that's his forte. I think he's kind of uh, in that Naheem Hines mold. So he can come in. He may have a game where you can give him 15 carries and he's good. But if you start trying to stack those, then I think you, you're going to run into a bunch of problems uh, with Cook there. But he is somebody I think could get seven or eight targets a game and, and be productive with those targets. Yeah, I like the possibility and dimension, and I think running back is probably one of the, the toughest positions to program in fantasy football and the toughest on rosters almost every team's going uh the committee route now so you're really just looking for a guy that has some talent and some versatility that gets in the right spot as i mentioned cook was a guy i considered where i was going to be at the back of the first round um you know because of his potential i just liked more a little bit more i was surprised he slid uh this far 
So this is probably going to be one of our biggest disagreements, I would think. I don't like James Cook at all. Like, I, I think his burst and his receiving ability are about all he's got, um, which is definitely good. As, as Matt, you just mentioned, it does seem like the NFL is going more toward committees. And I do somewhat agree with what Todd is saying. Or Todd, I'm sorry, I just looked at my phone. What Dennis is saying about him possibly getting a third down receiving role in the NFL as soon as he gets in there. But I think that's projecting a lot. Like, Naheem Hines wouldn't be what Naheem Hines is if it wasn't for Frank Reich being an idiot. And that's just being honest. Like he's got Jonathan Taylor. Like, I don't know. We just don't see those guys doing a lot. And I keep saying, I, I see, and I know this is not what you're saying, Dennis, but I've seen people saying like, Hey, like if, if he goes to a team and they treat him like Austin Eckler, there's only one Austin Eckler. There's only one Alvin Kamara. My biggest fear with a guy like cook is I think he's completely pegged in to a receiving role in the NFL. And if he goes to a team that doesn't use that part of the game, then in a way that's almost going to be a wasted pick. Where again, a guy like Zamir White, Jerome Ford, Damian Pierce, they at least are very good runners, and that's what you need out of a running back. So I would have taken those guys over Cook, but I, I definitely view, I think, the running back position a little bit different than some other people do like that. That's why I'm low on Cook, because I just don't know that he can handle getting any kind of workload uh, if he does get onto an NFL team that doesn't want to use him as a receiving back. Well, I think, you know, we were talking about Zamir White earlier and, and people like to, to put him in Tennessee behind uh, uh, Derrick Henry. I beg to differ. I think if, if I want Zamir White, I want him to go to Atlanta because there's a much clearer path to opportunity in Atlanta. There's a bunch of Jags in Atlanta. Derrick Henry, it's it's basically waiting – well, he's six foot three and two hundred fifty pounds, and he's twenty nine years old. He's got to fail soon, right? That's that's the whole point for going to Tennessee is because you're expecting somebody to get injured. In that case, well, then why don't we send him to Carolina where he can back up Christian McCaffrey, who's missed what fifteen games or twelve games the last two years? So I don't know. I think Cook has a a, a more usable skill set than a two down plotter like Zamir White. I rest my case. All right. So that puts up, uh, then Damian Pierce came off the board after Dennis took James Cook. Jerome Ford went off the board next. Matt Corral came off the board there. This is the pick that pissed me off. I'm a hundred percent honest. Alec Pierce. He's a wide receiver that came in much higher for me in my ratings. I was trying to pull it up real quick. So he came in as wide receiver nine for me. I really thought that's what I, I took Zamir White there at two, three, because I was like, there's no way someone's going to take Alec Pierce and he'll be able to follow to me in the third round and I'll be able to get another one of my top 10 wide receivers. Great pick, in my opinion, by by Henry there. But then we also saw Sam Howell go off the board here to you, Matt, at the 212 spot. Dennis mentioned Howell is his QB1. Corral is my QB1, followed very closely by Howell. What made you go Howell here at the end of the second round? Yeah, I like Corral uh, as well, but um, I like Sam Howell a lot, and I think there's a chance that he ends up sliding up into the first round. Um, I'm starting to like uh, him going to the Lions at the end of the first round more and more, uh, and I think that could be potentially a great spot. And at the you know when you're at the 12th pick, um, it starts getting thin. Um, so I felt like it was worth worth a shot. Uh, especially if he ends up being a first round quarterback uh, to, to have him, you know, hopefully if you're picking at 12, you have a pretty good team and you don't have an emergency need at quarterback. So you can, you can let him sit for a year or two for you and hopefully mature into something. Yeah. I, I love Howell's game. He's got a good arm. He's accurate. Uh, last year he added uh, some rushing to it. My hope would be that, He's not rushing for 800 yards a season in the NFL. Um, I think if he's giving you 250, to me, that feels like a win because he's not putting himself at risk. But he brings a lot of intangibles to the game. My biggest concern with Howell is he's not a quarterback that's going to put a team on his back and carry it. Uh, but he is a quarterback that if you give him a B, B-plus surrounding cast, he's going to perform well. He isn't like, you know, he's not like a Jared Goff where you need to have an A-plus cast around him. I think he's a little bit better than that. And he's not like a Patrick Mahomes where, 
or Aaron Rodgers, where you can put a D cast out there and they perform. Um, but at, at the end of the second, I, I like Howell a lot. If Howell had slid to me, I'd have probably taken him uh, over the other quarterback options uh, in the third round. Yeah, I definitely probably would have gone Hal or Corral in the third round had either of them fallen to me. Again, those are my top two. And then the other quarterback I wanted also got sniped. I was hoping maybe fall to me in the fourth round. The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big too. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right, a bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all all new customers a free shot at a million of dollars in total prizes in their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings. Kings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL 21 and up restrictions apply. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or 1-800-426-2537. In Illinois, Indiana, Minnesota, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Wyoming, 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona or 1-800-522-4700. In Colorado and New Hampshire, 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org backslash chat in in Connecticut. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Indiana, 1-877-770-STOP or 1-877-770-7867. 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NY-467-389 in New York. Visit opgr.org in Oregon. Call or text TN Redline 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee or 1-800-532-3500 in Virginia. 21 and up, 18 and up in New Hampshire or Wyoming. Physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, and Los Angeles, Minnesota, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, and Oregon, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, only minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. So I put this up in the third round. I actually love the pick of John Mechie there. He's a guy who I think maybe is getting underrated a little bit. He came in fairly high for me in my film grades. Uh, the injury, you know, not a lot of production in college. I think some of that is just the bad offense that he was on. I do think he overall is a very good wide receiver. I actually do like to pick up. I've Ryan never heard Robinson. anybody call Alabama's offense bad. Not bad. I'm talking about his production was bad. Oh. He he didn't do much. No, no, he didn't do anything. Jameson Williams was amazing. John Mechie, not so much. Um, Brian Robinson, I, th- I think, is actually a good pick here in the third. Again, he's a guy who, while he's not going to – I mean, he did have 30-something catches, I think, last year. Maybe even more. I, I could be dead wrong on that. It may be like 50 or 60. I'm going to have to look it up now. But, Brian, he had a ton of catches last year. He waited a long time to become the guy here in the Alabama offense. And this year, I mean, he absolutely smashed. I don't think he's Najee Harris, who I saw some people seem to think that that's what he's going to be. But I do think he's got a chance to be a very good running back. So yeah, 35 catches for 296 yards. Um, I do think he's he has a chance to create himself a role in the NFL. I went Calvin Austin here um, in the third round. He's a wide receiver I've been high on for a while. I know he's diminutive, uh, and that does worry people. But I've brought up before, we've seen a lot of guys around his size at 5'8" be taken over the past five or six years in the NFL in the top four rounds. And a lot of those guys have produced while I don't think Tutu Atwell is going to do anything. He was drafted in the second round last year. We can't necessarily call him a bust just yet. Cause he's only been in the NFL one year. The difference between those two though, is Calvin Austin is an elite separator. And I don't want to use that word lightly, but he is, he is able to create separation all over the field. 
People are worried that he can't take punishment. I mean, he got he took some pretty big hits in college and never really dealt with any injuries. So he's a guy that I'm really high on. But you do obviously have to worry somewhat about his size. Uh, Matt, your thoughts on on Calvin Austin there in the third round, or if you have anything about Mechie or Brian Robinson? Yeah, I really like the Mechie pick. I think there's some potential there. I think his late uh, season injury. Um, probably has caused him to slide down some. But if he lands in a good spot, uh, that could be a good pick. I like the Brian Robinson. He's, again, you know, probably in that group of running backs. We'll see a couple more uh, that go later in this round that, you know, depending on how things fall, could have a, a good opportunity. I think it's interesting. You took Austin and then Wontel Robinson went right after you. Um, you know, maybe just that range in the third, taking a shot, hoping – they land on a team that's going to know how to use their unique skill set and make the most of it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I struggle to find a path to consistent production for Calvin Austin. I feel like he's going to get put on special teams and, and it, you know, Gerald McNeil didn't score a lot of fantasy points. He was electric, did a lot of stuff, you know, Dante Hall, Lots of, but not necessarily a ton of fantasy points. That's my biggest concern with Austin. Mechie, to me, is kind of shaping up to be like a early career Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, six-foot, one-inch slot guy. Not blazing speed, but can get open. That's kind of where I'm seeing Juju, uh, Mechie kind of fall in, in my perception. Uh, you want to see it. You want to see him rocket up the uh, draft board. Let Pittsburgh draft him, and people start realizing they're going to put him in the slot there. Uh, and everybody will be like, "Pittsburgh knows what they do with wide receivers. This must be great." Robinson, to me, if he was just a little bit more athletic, he probably he could probably be the RB one in this class if he was a little bit more athletic. He's versatile. He's the I think the biggest back in the class. Um, but I just think being what he's almost 24 um, and, and staying and not having a senior year breakout, all of these kinds of things are going to limit, uh, I think, what kind of draft capital he gets. Now, from a dynasty perspective, if he falls somewhere where he has a path to opportunity, I don't care that he's 24. I'm, I'm looking at, for the most part, I'm looking at running backs on their first contract and then getting rid of them anyways. Uh, so it doesn't matter to me if that first contract is from when they're 22 to 25 or when they're 22 to 27, they're still probably only going to have two or three years of actual relevance for fantasy. So I'm not overly concerned with that. Uh, you know, Wandale Robinson, I, I've, I've struggled. I want to buy into Rondale, Wandale Robinson. My issue is that everybody in the world looked at him and said, that dude's not five foot 11. And it kept persisting, and people talked about him like he was five foot eleven, and he's not. He's five foot eight, and 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 I'm like, I'm gonna I'm gonna be out on Wandale. I'm gonna have to. I, I'll buy him when he blows up and overpay for him. But I I find myself uh, struggling to see a, a a time where I'm gonna be drafting him. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. If 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 PJ was was like wanting to go Wandale there, I, I took Austin over Wandale because he came in heavier. He's much faster, separates better. Like he's he's a better version of Wandale at the same size, uh, a little bit heavier. So that's why I took Austin. I, I think he's going to be a slot wide receiver in the NFL. I mean, he played on the outside in college and in the slot. I, I don't. I think he is one of those guys that you have to be somewhat special to succeed in the NFL at that size, and I think he has a chance to do that. I, I would bet on Austin with everything he is able to do. Uh, you guys mentioned Wandale went next. After that was Tyler Batty, who I think is a really good pick as well. Um, he's got a really good high receiver. Like, I actually think he's a better receiving back than James Cook. I, I would probably take a, a shot on Tyler Batty over Cook there, especially at the value, getting him a practically around later. Uh, Khalil Shakir comes off the board next. And then this was the next pick that I got sniped on. Desmond Ritter goes to Dennis here um, in the third round. There's a lot of hate on Desmond Ritter. And I still think there's a shot he goes round one. 
So a lot of people who are mocking him to either Indy or Atlanta, I think both would be fabulous landing spots for him. In my opinion, he is one of two quarterbacks that could play day one if they were draft. Well, they will be drafted next week at some point. Both of those guys could go and play day one. I understand that he is not the most accurate quarterback, and he struggles sometimes with that deep ball accuracy. But his mind is very good. He is very good in the short intermediate area, and he can extend plays with his legs. Desmond Ritter, I think, is going to be a much better quarterback in the NFL than we give him credit for. Uh, Dennis, why did you decide to take Desmond Ritter here in the third round? Because Sam Howell was gone. Um I, you know, I'm, I'm probably in a one QB draft. I'm probably not looking at a quarterback until the third round. Um, if Ritter had been gone, I'm not into picket too much. I'd have probably waited and took Carson Strong in the fourth. But I think Ritter has good mobility. Um, you know, he could stand to add about ten pounds to his frame. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I know you keep talking. He's ready to play right now. If he's not terribly accurate, I'm, I'm going to question. I'm going to. I think maybe he needs to get his mechanics in line. Speaking of going to Tennessee earlier, I'd love to see Ritter go to Tennessee and sit behind Tannehill for a year or two. Uh, I think that his mobility, kind of very similar play style to Tannehill, I think he could sit for a couple years and then step in and succeed Tannehill. I don't know. I, I, he's got, you know, he's six three. He's one of the taller quarterbacks in the class. Got a good arm. Um, I don't know that his his accuracy is going to improve fifteen points like Josh Allen. But if he can add a few points of accuracy, uh, you know, that'll be good for him. It, late in mid mid third, I think that's a great spot. Any thoughts, Matt? Before we move on. Yeah, I mean. I like Ritter and the value there. I'm. It's interesting to me. Uh, we'll get to it in a minute. That Kenny Pickett, who a lot of people seem to think is going to be the first quarterback taken in the NFL draft, ends up sliding so further down and ends up being the fifth of the quarterbacks to go here. Yeah, I mean he's graded as my fifth rated quarterback. I don't, I don't think he's quite yeah, as good. I mean, my my thing really quick on Ritter before we move on on the accuracy thing is he didn't. We also have to remember that these college coaches don't care about developing these guys. They just want to win games. And if you look at the offensive coordinator for Cincinnati the past couple years, he is, he is, I'm trying to think, I was trying to think, he's like the Jason Garrett of college football and in calling plays. And Ritter got better every single year because of the quarterback coach that they had, but not the offensive play caller. He did not do him any favors. He kept trying to get him to go deep on plays to Alec Pierce, who was literally the only wide receiver that Ritter had. So I think that I'm not comparing him to Justin Herbert because he is nowhere near Justin Herbert's talent. But I do think Ritter is a guy that we can see get into the NFL and a coaching staff actually use him the way he should be used is going to surprise a lot of people. Isaiah likely went off the board here. I, I just, I'm kind of out altogether on likely. Uh, next was Kenny Pickett, as Matt just mentioned. Again, I, I know there's a lot of people hiding him. He's probably, there's a chance he's the number one quarterback drafted. Him or Malik Willis, I just I don't think he he's really that good. Greg Dolchis goes off the board next. Pierre Strong, which I actually kind of like that pick. He he's a running back. I think he's a little bit underrated. And then Matt, you took Kyron Williams here at one twelve. Steal of the draft. Yeah, you know I've been. I I know he had a a bad combine, and some people seem to be out on him. But it feels like it wasn't very long ago because it wasn't. It was either in uh, February or early March that uh, there was talk that he might be the fourth running back in the class. So here at 312, looking at all my options on there, I almost took Jalen Tolbert, um, who went right after that. I I considered it, but it feels like 312 felt like amazing value for Kyron Williams there. I I struggled with not taking Williams when I took James Cook. Um, I I felt like, to me, Williams – And if I'd have known that Williams was going to last that long, I could have taken Williams when Ritter was there, when I took Ritter. Uh, But I guess I was looking for a little more balance. Uh, I I thought that was like my only shot to get one of the top quarterbacks there, uh, my only shot left. Uh, But I I can completely see Williams as the uh, running back four in this class. 
you know, you mentioned the the nerd score earlier. They they Jared and uh, uh, Garrett and the nerd score the graded Williams out as the fourth best uh, running back, and he had the best uh, pass blocking score in the class for them, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I mean, he came in as as running back four for me. I don't think I had him as the best pass blocking, but he's he is very good no, at everything that he does. He was second. I'll try so, and see yeah. what what he was on mine. Um, he is very good at everything, and I think the biggest thing that knocks him is that it's it's the um. I take that back. You did come in as the highest for me. I gave him a nine point one in pass blocking. Um, he he just doesn't have that home run speed, but we've seen that not all running backs need that that they can still succeed. If he's getting you three or four yards on every carry, he's also a really really good receiving back. I think Kyron Williams is a guy who could very easily, I do think that his, his draft stock definitely took a hit with the testing numbers. I think he probably won't go now day two, like a lot of us before the testing happened. But even if he goes fifth round, sixth round, I think he's a guy who will easily land on a roster. And I would not be surprised if we're talking about him at this point in time next year as a guy who stepped up because of an injury or or carved out a role for himself in the receiving game. So I'm with you. It was a great pick here in third round. All right, wrapping up the fourth round here. This is really kind of just, in my opinion, just kind of take a shot here to grab your guy. Jalen Tolbert goes off the board here at number uh, 4-1. Jelani Woods at 4-2. I took my guy, Abram Smith, out of Baylor. Uh, he's a running back that I'm very high on. Uh, converted linebacker, struggled with some injuries, but had a really good season. Talked about him a little bit uh, before, and I don't have the exact stat in front of me, but over the past couple of years, there's only been like – seven running backs who have finished top 10 in multiple categories uh, at the college level and running back stuff. And all of those guys have succeeded in the NFL to some measure as either RB one or RB two. I think if Abram Smith gets a even decent draft capital, he's a guy I'm willing to take the bet on because he's just a really good running back. James cook. Uh, I'm sorry. Jay Sean Corbin and Tyler Algier were the next guys off the board. Uh, both guys, again, I, I'm willing to take a shot on here. Algier, I think, is also a really good running back, but his testing numbers have really kind of shot him down the board. Kevin Harris came off the board. Next, Dennis, you took Keontae Ingram. So your thoughts really quick on Ingram. Uh, Ingram is – he, he's a flyer uh, based on um, his receiving ability, and he has the size to be versatile. He's an okay running back. Uh, he came in about, uh, what, running back seven or eight in the nerd score and pass blocking. So unlike some of the other traditional third down backs that are smaller, Ingram is a bigger guy. Uh, and so in the fourth round, my thought was let's take a look at somebody that uh, he's more of the guy I see will slide into a starting role because of an injury to the starter. So that, I I feel like at 6'1", 215, 220, Ingram has the ability, uh, as long as he picks up NFL uh, pass protection, I think he'll, he has an opportunity to be a J.D. McKissick uh, with, with some plus rushing. Yeah, uh, really quick. So I found the stat here. I, I just wanted to reference for Abram Smith. So he is a running back to finish top 10 in these categories, yards, yards after contact, 10-plus yard runs, 15-plus yard runs, breakaway yards, first downs, attempts, a rushing grade, and YPA. The other running backs to do that uh, in a single year was Najee Harris, but he did not have breakaway yards, Javante Williams, and Michael Carter. Neither one of those guys had the attempts, though, because they were splitting between each other for those two years. Jonathan Taylor did it in 2017, 2018, and 2019. He was actually top three in all of those all three years. Just, again, speaks to how great Jonathan Taylor is. Devin Singletary did it in 2017. J.K. Dobbins did it in 2019. A.J. Dillon did it as well in 2019. Travion Williams, that's a great callback to a guy a lot of people were high on in 2018, including myself, who unfortunately never really panned out in the NFL. And then Dennis's guy, Rashad Penny, actually was top five in all of those in 2017. So all those running backs, outside, honestly, outside of Travion Williams, have had some modicum of of success at the NFL level, and Abram Smith was able to do that last year. So that's why I would be willing to take a shot on him. After Dennis took Keontae Ingram, we saw Jalen Weidermeyer come off the board, Kyle Phillips, Tyler Goodson, Charlie Kohler, who is a 
I actually think a really great pick here in the fourth round. He is, again, a tight end that I would take a shot on. The RAS score had him graded, I think, as one of the higher tight ends in this class. Um, I think because of the way he was used in college, he's not going to get a lot of love. He's a guy I would 100% be willing to take a shot on in the NFL because of what he can do with his hands, his speed, and he is a very good blocker as well. And then last uh, last pick here for the draft, Matt, you took Carson Strong. Yeah, and I think there was a tight end I meant to take, but um, it was the last pick and we were talking about something else and I just took him. Hey, well, you made Felix happy. I'll, I'll give you that. You know, Felix. Well, is I mean, right he could end up somewhere. It, but you mentioned whichever tight end we didn't take. I know I was look. I I should have gone back to my queue. I realized I could have had it up after I was the last pick. All right. So, any other thoughts on the mock? No. I like Carson Strong coming in late like that. I think he's a guy that can come in and uh, he has an NFL arm. It's as long as he can use his pocket mobility to minimize the hits. He's definitely somebody that needs to have a good offensive line. Somebody I see maybe going and backing up Matt Ryan, who's not known for his mobility. Uh, Indy has a pretty good offensive line. Um, Kolar is kind of one of those tight ends that reminds me he's, he's a two-way tight end. So I, I don't know. The, the concern is that he, maybe he, he comes in, he's like, he's a good receiver. He can do some things. And then he becomes OJ Howard because, well, he's really good at the other things that you don't score fantasy points for. So he's on the field. He's playing a lot of snaps, but he's only getting, you know, 45 targets a year or something. That's kind of my concern with Kolar. I think he can be a, a tad bit more athletic Kyle Rudolph. Like that, that's what I think Kohler could be. And so that's why I'd be willing to take a shot on him in the fourth. Uh Joe has mentioned um Calvin Austin ran 90% of his routes from the outside, so he's much more of a gadget player. He also thinks that uh Keontae Ingram could be a third down back. And I do agree with him that Carson Strong is the best throwing quarterback in this draft. I I, I don't know. I think draft capital is going to be the biggest thing for Strong. We still don't know how healthy that knee is. I believe at the Senior Bowl they said that all the medicals came back, but I don't – I'll just say there are a lot of people who were at the Senior Bowl that I trust that were told a lot of things about some stuff with Carson Strong that don't make me – I don't get warm and fuzzies on the inside based on what some teams said about him. So that that's my biggest fear. Carson Strong. What they I don't said want about to his knee or what they said about him? About him, okay. not his knee. And, and I don't want to repeat those things because it's technically rumor, right? Like I, none of those NFL people told me this. They told other people this. But the people I've heard it from are three people, two of which I've already mentioned on this podcast at one point, and another one who works for NBC Edge who – I trust are not just telling me these things as a lie. They're telling me that for a reason. So it worries me a little bit about Carson Strong. Matt coughed so hard that he disconnected his computer. So I, um, I, I, I'm hoping that he's going to be fine, but that'll do it for us today. We will be back Friday, probably with some more talk. Maybe we'll do a, another mock draft or something. There we go. He he's back. He's back. So we will give up the ghost for like oh i thought i thought maybe you just coughed so hard that you just disconnected maybe you. i maybe <laughs> i knocked out the so but yeah we will we will definitely be back on friday not 100 percent sure what we're going to do yet but we'll continue just probably talking nfl draft coverage as we're almost a week away from it now at this point so everybody have yourselves a great day thank you all those who checked in in the comments it was fun having uh, your guys opinions on that stuff we'll again talk to you guys again soon Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line ready. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football.